This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Yes, it is the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can also find Subway to Shea on YouTube. This podcast is available on the HSP Network. Catch me alongside podcasts like The Bullpen with DA, Third Floor Lounge, which covers the NFL and NBA, Sus Talk, and the return of the High Spot Podcast, which covers all things professional wrestling. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash highspotpodcast and make sure to subscribe today. Also, if you could please take a few minutes to write me a review, let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like, the good, the bad, hopefully there's no ugly, but just the good and the bad. I'll make sure to make this show better for each and every one of you Met fans out there. I want this podcast to be up there in the rankings with some of the best sports, baseball, Mets podcasts there are right now. So if you could do me that favor, go on Apple Podcasts, rate the show, one to five stars. Hopefully you're giving me five stars because that only boosts the rating. And then write a comment. Review the show. ML Wing says, knowledgeable, tough, and fair. I listened to a couple of Met podcasts and this is my favorite. I'm a newish fan of the team and this podcast has definitely aided in my knowledge of the team. Keep them coming. Well, ML Wing, I promise you that every week you will get a new episode of Subway to Shay. Now, before I start this week's episode, I gotta say, I'm sorry. I gotta apologize to all of you guys out there. I've been slacking. This episode is now coming out maybe two weeks since the last episode, close to it. Now, I was supposed to release this episode on Monday, getting ready to record, actually started recording, and then Zach Scott made a press conference with all the updates on the injuries of the players. So I said, you know what, let me wait Maybe I'll do it Tuesday. Well, Jacob DeGrom returned Tuesday. So you know what? Maybe I'll wait until Thursday once the Rockies series is over. You know, then there'll be the Braves coming in the weekend. We could talk a little bit about both. And then as soon as I was going to record, it happened that we were going to have a double header. Because originally the game was supposed to be at 12 on Thursday. I would record right afterwards and then send it out and have you all listen to it then. But we had the double header. So I postponed it a little more, but I promise you guys that I will do my best to get these shows out to you, you know, at least once a week. Things happen. I wanted to get some of the good news, not great news that came out from that, but I wanted to cover everything possible, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to start off with the big news on Noah Syndergaard. He's been shut down for six weeks. Yep, that injury bug continues. 
to plague this New York Mets team. Now, I know Syndergaard made one start where I think he pitched five innings, and then in his next start, that's where the issue began. He pitched one inning, left after that with an elbow issue and a dip in his velocity. So the elbow issue turned out to be right elbow inflammation. Good thing, MRI revealed that there was no structural damage, so don't panic just yet. It will take him a while to get arm strength back, which means we will probably not see him return until maybe the end of August, early September. But at this point, I'm working under the impression that we just won't see him again for the rest of the season. That's the mindset you have to go into this with this team right now. You have to think that maybe we just won't get Syndergaard this year. And if we do, any starts with him would just be a positive. And maybe it's better. As you all remember when Matt Harvey came back from his Tommy John surgery, he wasn't even supposed to pitch in October. They wanted to shut him down. And that would have been it for him for the season. Kind of like what the Nationals did with Steven Strasburg. They shut him down and it kind of cost the Nationals the playoffs in that year. But the Mets went with Matt Harvey. He pitched through the playoffs. After that, you know, he had the thoracic outlet syndrome. Never was the same again. I know they're being a lot more cautious with Noah Syndergaard. He throws hard, so you got to be careful. Maybe we'll see him for September and into October. But what we know now, he's going to be out for six weeks. No throwing, no nothing. He's going to have to rest. He's going to have to rebuild what he had worked on during the spring and uh, most of the first two months of the regular season. He's going to have to rebuild that arm strength back and... If we get to see him again, it's only a positive. I'm less worried about the rotation with DeGrom returning this past Tuesday against the Rockies and Taiwan Walker returning Friday against the Braves. We just need to get to a point where the bullpen game and that opener game doesn't become a two to three games a week thing. If we can have DeGrom, Stroman, Walker, Peterson... And Lucchese or do an opener every once in a while and have the bullpen game every once in a while. I think that is okay. I'm okay with that until Carrasco comes back. But if the team is without two or three starting pitchers, you can't just do this two to three games a week where we have a bullpen game. That's just not going to cut it. It's not sustainable for an entire season. But for now, okay. But it looks like this rotation is going to be fine at the moment. We had to be under the impression that Syndergaard would not come back or would not factor into this team for a while. It's just going to be a whole lot longer now. So where does this now leave Noah Syndergaard and the Mets when it comes to contract? Because he is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Now, I had a great conversation with one of my Twitter followers, Jameson, uh, at MetsNix underscore 2021. We talked about what the Mets will offer to Noah Syndergaard, what it could be, what it should be if he returns. Now, Jameson thinks they should offer one year 10 mil to Noah Syndergaard, which if we can get him on a deal like that, definitely take it. You know, Kluber got one year 11 mil from the Yankees after coming off of injury. So it's possible it could work, but I'm under the assumption that he would rather take the qualifying offer from the Mets if they do offer him. You would have to think that that's where it would go. Unless they offered him something during this season 
uh, possibly in late August, early September when he comes back. Otherwise, you're going to have to go with this qualifying offer, and that's going to probably be around what Marcus Stroman got, maybe a little more. So what happens then? It was a good question that's brought up. And, you know, I love Noah Syndergaard. I think he's great. Great pitcher. He's meant for New York. He knows how to play here. He knows how to pitch. But I really do think that if the Mets are going to spend a lot of money on a pitcher in the offseason, it's got to be on Marcus Stroman, right? I know fans either love or hate him. But on the field, he has proved that he has what it takes to pitch in New York. He is a New Yorker after all. That's all I want for this team, is players who can hack it in this town. Now, a lot of people will disagree with me, and that's fine. I respect everyone's opinion, whether we agree or disagree. But you gotta admit, Strowman has been lights out this year. Minus one or two games. Definitely that struggling game against Tampa. But he's been pretty good for most of this season. He suffered from what DeGrom has, and that is no run support at all. He's 4-4 this year with a 2.47 ERA. That record doesn't show how well he's pitched, and he's great when it comes to defense. He's a gold glove winner. If you watch the Rockies game, he commands the you know defensive side of his game pretty well, calling off James McCann when he couldn't get back to first in time. He covered first. He knew where he was going, and he just is an all-around, I think, really good player, and I think the Mets would benefit if they are going to spend money to spend it on him in this rotation. When it comes to the other members of this rotation, I mentioned Carlos Carrasco earlier. He's going to be out until late June, early July. GM Zach Scott said he hasn't even thrown off a mound yet when it comes to where he's at in the minors at the moment. So we're going to have to wait a little longer for Carlos Carrasco. And I had originally thought if Noah Syndergaard was on schedule, that he now might have returned before Carrasco, but that's out the window now. So we're waiting now for Carlos Carrasco to return and be, you know, I guess a linchpin to this rotation, because if you have DeGrom, Stroman, Carrasco, Peterson, and Walker, that's a pretty solid rotation. Pretty, pretty solid. And they're going to have to compete with the big teams, like the Dodgers and the Padres. So this is not going to be an easy season. It's already been stressful with all the injuries to the rotation, with the injuries to the offense, which we'll get into a whole lot later. But let's talk about positives in the rotation. Jacob deGrom returned on Tuesday against the Colorado Rockies, and he looked like Jacob deGrom. Five innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, a home run to Ryan McMahon, and nine strikeouts. It's like easy for Jake. It's so easy for Jake to come in and pitch the way he does. I think his ERA is now .80. He pitched five innings. He didn't get the victory. The Mets scored an inning afterwards after he left, but they did win the game. That's what's most important. This team needs to win games. And like I said earlier, I am less worried about the pitching but more concerned about the offense. Since the last episode, we've had more and more injuries surrounding this team. Kevin Pillar, I know it was last week, but I didn't get to cover this in the last episode. He got nailed in the face by Jacob Webb of the Braves, suffered multiple nasal fractures. He's on the IL. Tommy Hunter, also on the IL with lower back pain. I wonder if it was after he got that hit. 
Alonzo's still on the disabled list. J.D. Davis still on the disabled list. Man, these trainers make Ray Ramirez look like a saint. Do these guys even stretch? That's what happened with losing Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil. They're out until the end of June with hamstring issues. What is going on? All I know is these guys keep getting hurt, and we keep bringing up more guys from AAA. But for this offense to get back on track, the two most important players, I think, right now are Pete Alonso and J.D. Davis. They're the closest to coming back. Actually, before J.D. Davis had his setback, he was the best hitter before he got hurt. He started rehabbing in AAA, and now he's sidelined again with inflammation. But if we can get J.D. Davis back, who was one of the best hitters since the beginning of the season, and then you bring back Pete Alonso, who had a right hand sprain, which I don't know how he played with it for this long when he got hurt in St. Louis, but he should hopefully be returning soon. If you can have both Pete Alonso and J.D. Davis back in the lineup, that will be an enormous help. Pete Alonso hasn't been Pete Alonso 2019, but considering what we've seen from the rest of the lineup, Pete Alonso's probably been our second best hitter besides J.D. Davis, so I'll take him back. But right now, the Mets continue to find ways to win. They had a good series against the Braves. That's where we left off last week, right before the Braves series. So the Mets took two out of three games from the Braves. They lost two out of three to the Marlins, and then they won three out of four from the Colorado Rockies. It changes every week. But one thing's for sure. These replace Mets, these Syracuse Mets, these makeshift Mets, all the names that have been coming out of this team, the bench mob, And you add additions of Joneshui Fargus, Khalil Lee, Jake Hager, who now, after getting designated for assignments, now with the Brewers. You have Wilfredo Tavar, Brandon Drury. All these guys coming up and making a difference on the team some way, somehow. Khalil Lee, he hasn't really been hitting. He had that one big hit in the extra inning game against the Marlins, but his defense has been stellar. Janeshwi Fargus, his defense has been great. He's made a couple of great plays. He was actually the best hitter who came up. I think he was batting 300 before he also got hurt, running right into the wall. Big hits from both of them, but it's not enough. They're still young. They still need seasoning. And that's why the Mets traded for the Cubs' Cameron Maben. They traded for him for a dollar, but he hasn't been able to hit either. 0 for 26, tying a club record. The Mets also this week traded for the Brewers' 26-year-old Billy McKinney. He had a couple of good plays in the outfield in the Rockies series, had his first couple hits. It's got to be weird when McKinney can get a hit in his first couple games, and Maben hasn't been able to buy a hit. And you got to feel a little bit bad for him because he's been hitting the ball hard and he just can't catch a break. You know, at this point, the Mets need major league bodies so that these AAA guys can continue to grow, continue to get seasoning. So I don't know what other moves that they can make, but I don't want the Mets to make a mistake here. Every team knows that the Mets need offense. So what's going to happen when it comes to a trade? They're going to ask for the Mets' best prospects. And I don't want to give that up for this right now. Not yet. Especially when the team is still in first place. They still are finding ways to win. And now they're learning to find ways to win by playing small ball. Station to station. Finding ways to get runs. Because there's not that many of them right now. They're finding ways to score runs that don't involve the home run. Maybe they got to steal base and use their speed. Sacrifice fly. A single here, single there. But this is not sustainable. 
especially if they don't score all the time. You know, their pitching keeps them in the games. But if the pitching gives up three, four runs, it becomes a struggle for this team. But they've been getting big contributions from the bench mob. Jose Peraza had a big day on the doubleheader. Had a home run, had a couple RBIs, played some good defense. Jonathan VR, he's had a great series against the Rockies. He had a couple of big hits. He's played some great defense at third. Let's not forget Tomas Nito. He has been getting some big hits. He had a big home run. He's thrown guys out at second. These guys have really come through for this team. They need that same clutchness to latch on to Dom Smith, Francisco Lindor, and James McCann. Remember last week I talked about these guys needing to step up, needing to be the leaders. Now Dom Smith also had an injury this week, but Francisco Lindor has been struggling to hit. It's probably one of the worst stretches in Mets history. Only one worse is probably Curtis Granderson, who had a really rough stretch. I don't know if you guys were watching the game, and they showed the Mets' first 40 games of a new acquisition, and he's one of the worst with Curtis Granderson. So Lindor, I don't know what he has to do. His defense, still great. I like what I've seen from his defense. And James McCann, you see a little spurts here and there of him hitting. He hit a big home run. He had a big double. He's now playing first base. James McCann has been playing pretty good defense at first base. They still are the only ones left, and they really need to lead this offense. They got to do better. I'm not going to give up on them yet. I know a lot of fans have been booing, and you can watch it on TV. They're booing Lindor. Um, They'll boo Dom Smith. They'll boo McCann. That's not really my style. I don't ever really boo my team, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. You can make your own decisions. But these guys, they definitely do need to step up. I, I do think that maybe Lindor would benefit from moving down in the order. Something's got to happen because him batting second has mostly been an automatic out. I just have some kind of inkling, some kind of feeling that he's really going to click in the second half of the season. He had a rough start, but I really think he's going to have a big second half. And we're going to need it. These replace Mets, these bench mob, the makeshift Mets, they can only hold this team so far. They're in first place. Let's enjoy it. The last time I looked, I think it was two and a half games with the AAA squad and some guys from AA. This team has a long season ahead of it, and there's a lot of injuries but somehow, some way, they are finding ways to win these games, which in other seasons, like in 2009, 10, 11, 12, they would have never won any of these games. This team has a lot of grit, and we could get on the manager, you can get on all the guys on the offense, but this team is finding ways to win. And some games, Luis Rojas will push the wrong buttons, but there are a lot of buttons that he pushed that are correct. So I can't even get on him. I really can't get upset. And I think, I'm not going to tell you guys what to do, like I said, but all I can say is we all should probably not get upset with the way this team is playing because they're so injured. I can't get angry at Luis Rojas when he has this roster to deal with. And he's still finding ways to win. So let's sit back Let's relax. Let's enjoy being in first place right now. And hopefully the guys are starting to come back. We got DeGrom back. We're getting Taiwan Walker back. Hopefully Pete's back soon. And then J.D. Davis is back soon. If this team can hold the fort until everyone returns, that's all you can ask for. Really. That really is all you can ask for. Now, my final thoughts before this train leaves the station. I talked about booing earlier on. 
Let me get into something that no one should ever do. Now, Jordan Yamamoto's wife was attacked on Twitter because Jordan had a bad start against the Marlins where he gave up five runs. And those were a weak kind of five runs that he gave up. There was a couple errors in the inning and he really struggled. He's on the IL now. Another met to the IL. And, you know, I just hope that he gets healthy and comes back strong. But attacking players and their families, that's unacceptable behavior. As fans, we can get mad at performances, but at the end of the day, it's just a game. These are not live or die situations. Baseball is supposed to be fun, entertaining, a way to get away from your troubles. You know, it's not a predetermined game, so these outcomes sometimes, teams are going to win, teams are going to lose. And you can have the right to be upset. I'm not going to tell you to boo or not, but I will say that I can't have respect for people who attack family members, wives. We are not to make ourselves a part of these games. We're there to watch and be entertained. You got to get over the losses and get over the struggles and move on because it doesn't affect our personal life. It's just a game. Let's not attack players' wives, players' families. That's that's not a fan. Show these guys support. Back this team up. They need it, and they're playing hard. Let's support this team. This is our Mets. Let's support them and be there for this team and show them that we have their backs. Now, we've reached 1,000 followers on Twitter in the past week. I can't thank you enough for the support of this podcast and the support on Twitter. I love interacting with all you guys. We just talked about the bad seeds, but there's a lot of good in Mets Twitter. Let's not forget that. There are a lot of good fans out there, and I interact with you guys every day, and it's fun. I enjoy it. I have a great time. So what I'm going to do for you is there's going to be a giveaway since we reached 1,000 followers. I'm giving away a Pete Alonzo Funko Pop. I will post a picture of the Funko Pop, and I want you to like, retweet, and share this post. That's the best way to be eligible to win. Once again, I'm giving away a Pete Alonzo Funko Pop. I want you to like, retweet, and share when I post a picture of the Funko Pop, and that will make you eligible to win this Funko Pop. All right, once there's a winner, I will announce it on Twitter, and I will send it out to one lucky Subway to Shea fan. Before we wrap up the show, Please take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I read a review earlier. ML Wing had the review, and I read that here, and I'll read as they come in. I'll keep reading reviews out there, but go on Apple Podcasts, rate the show from one to five stars. Hopefully, it's five stars. Help me climb the rankings in podcasts and sports, baseball, Mets. Help me climb that ranking. Let Met fans see that this is one of the best shows to listen to. And review the show. Leave a few comments. Good, bad, I want to know. I want to make this show better each and every week for you Met fans out there. So please, go on Apple Podcasts, rate, and review Subway to Shea. Now you can follow the show on Twitter, at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. You can also find Subway to Shea on YouTube. 
This podcast is available on the HSP Network. Catch me alongside podcasts like The Bullpen with DA, Third Floor Lounge, which covers the NFL and NBA, Sus Talk, and the return of the High Spot Podcast, which covers all things professional wrestling. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash highspotpodcast and make sure to subscribe today. Well, that will do it for this week's podcast. Always remember, listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go Mets.